One, two, three. Hallelujah. Amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Let's all be seated in the house of the Lord. Amen. I believe God heard that. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Um, well, let's just go ahead and pray. Father God, in the name of Jesus, thank you for blessing us, Lord, blessing us to be here tonight. Thank you for giving us yet another opportunity to sit at your feet and to receive fresh rhema from heaven. I bind the work of the devil right now in the name of Jesus, that there be no distractions, but that your word would go forth and accomplish that which you sent it to. We thank you, Lord, and we surrender to the power of the Holy Ghost now in Jesus' name. Amen. Church said amen. Praise God. Look at your name and say, get your Bible out. Amen. All right. So we're going to get into the word tonight and receive everything that God has for us. Amen. He's got plenty and we need it. We need all that he has. We need everything. Everything that God has for us, we need it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Well, it's Wednesday night. And so we're always preaching on faith. Um, you know, faith is something that you, you have to always drive towards, right? Faith is not easy. Faith is always, it's always going to be a challenge when it comes to your faith. And so faith is not easy. And so um, that's why we have such a challenge on Wednesday nights. It's like, oh man, well, because it's faith. It's all about faith. And so there's always reasons for the enemy will come up with to... Uh, Try to keep you from working on your faith and building your faith. But if you're one that's committed, like you guys are, you're going to say, I'm going to get it because I know this is what I need. I want to preach this message tonight entitled Faith in the Storm. Faith in the Storm. And so if we were to think, well, when I become a Christian, everything's going to be fine for me. I'm not going to have to worry about anything ever again. We would be deceived. When you become a Christian, then there's going to be some challenges. Now, being a Christian just means that I have access to a level of victory that I would not have otherwise. Amen. Come on. I have access. I've been given access to a level of victory that I would not have been given access to otherwise. And so if I think about that, I'm going to um, expect to win. But if there's no challenge what do you have to win in, right? If there's no opposition, what do you have to overcome? And so we know that we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. But if we have no challenges, what do we have to overcome? Amen. So we do have challenges. We have challenges every day. And so we have to learn how to overcome these things and to be victorious the way God intends. And so in storms of life, we must learn to focus on the constant. Now, what I want to emphasize is there are things that change and there are things that remain the same. Amen. And so sometimes people that they want to prevent from uh, being dizzy, they, they lock into something. You know, they lock into something that is stationary or stable. And so we must learn to focus on the constant. Now, everything is moving and changing but the word of God is the constant unchanging force. Amen. The constant unchanging force. Now let's look at uh, Mark. Mark 4.35. And we get some examples here of what Jesus did in the storm. Now the one thing I want to emphasize as we talk about examples of Jesus and what Jesus did. Everything that he did was 
so that we would see it, so that we would know, so that we would have it recorded, so that we can recall it in our minds, and so that we would even one day come to the point where we say, if Jesus did it, I can do it too. Come on. If if that didn't take out Jesus, well, it's not going to take me out. Amen? And so we know the story of, of Jesus, and he's with his disciples. He's sending them to the other side, and we know this whole storm thing kicks off. But let's just start reading verse 35. And the same day when the even, evening was come, he said unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. Next verse. And when they had sent away the multitude... They took him, or they took, yeah, took him even as he was in the ship. And there was also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind. And so think about this. They're doing something and everything is fine. How many of you have been in your life where you were doing something and everything was fine and then suddenly it changed? Come on. You went from everything was okay to where, wait, what's going on? There arose a great storm of wind and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. So it's now full of water. And he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? Okay, so there's chaos going on. But in the midst of chaos, Jesus, what's he doing? Why? Because he wasn't concerned about the chaos. Why? He had power over the chaos. I mean, how many know if you what if you learned that you had power over chaos? Come on. What if you learned that you had power over anything that could come at you? You know, the devil's going to throw stuff at you. He throws stuff at you because you're a Christian. He throws stuff at you because you said you're following Jesus. You said you're following Jesus. But he says, but what about this? What about that? And so now you're faced with a situation. But remember, to be a Christian means to be Christ-like. And so that means greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So I have to have some type of an example. Now, in, in time, we'll become examples for each other. You should be examples for your kids. You should be examples for people who know you. Maybe they don't know Jesus, but they know you. So you should be an example. You should show them how to live as an overcomer. But the greatest example that we have is Jesus himself. So here Jesus is in the midst of a storm where everybody thinks that death is is on the horizon, but yet he's asleep. And so they ask, "Do, do you not care that we're about to perish? And he arose and what did he do? Rebuke the wind? So, so what does it mean? So that means we have, does it mean we have power over nature? But see, the thing is, is a lot of people, they'll cry out and they'll pray and they'll, well, even complain. But how many of them get up and rebuke something? Come on, somebody. I'm, man. How many just get up and say, no, I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. You will not. And see, we have to exercise the authority that's been given to us. Jesus, he got up and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea. And so now he's giving verbal command. So when you rebuke the devil, you're stopping him in his tracks. But then now you have to give a verbal command for something else to happen. 
And so he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, peace be still. And what the wind do? So what if you were experiencing something and you got up and rebuked it? And what if you found out that worked? Now, why wouldn't it work? If Jesus did it, and where is Jesus? In us. And so Jesus did it as an example. He gives us an example of what we can do. But the problem is, a lot of God's people don't exercise any of this stuff anymore. They don't exercise this stuff. They just take whatever the devil sends and they just learn how to cope with it. But Jesus didn't cope with it. He got up and rebuked it. And then he spoke what he expected. Peace be still. And he said unto the uh, sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And so there's a great calm that comes after you exercise that spiritual authority. But now, how did Jesus do this? And the average person would say, well, because he was Jesus. But why is it recorded in the Bible? It's not recorded in the Bible, so we would just all say, well, that was Jesus and that's what he does. It's so that we would be encouraged. We would know that, wait a minute, I don't have to be punished. I don't have to be defeated. I don't have to have fear. And you know why those guys in the boat were panicking? Because they had a fear of death. If you don't have a fear of death, then even if it looks like death is coming at you, you won't be afraid. But they had a fear of death. And so that fear totally moved them away from everything they had known. Think about it. There are things that you might know in your life, but then you get hit with a challenge. And if you're not careful, you'll forget everything you know. And they forgot that quick everything they knew about Jesus. And so if everything is moving and everything is changing, how did Jesus do it? Well, his mind was stayed on the constant. The constant was the word of God. And so he knew that the storm had to bow to the word. Now, what if you know that in your life? What if you know that anything that comes against you has to bow to the word? If you don't know that, you'll wait for what? The storm to pass. How many know when people wait for storms to pass, oftentimes there's devastation left behind. And so you waited until the storm passed, but now everything is destroyed. And now you're left to rebuild. But what if you had a revelation that I could stop this, that I'm not going to go bankrupt. Amen. I'm not going to get sick and almost die. I'm not. No, this is I see it coming and I'm about to rebuke it. See. But the only way you're going to do that. If you got your eyes focused on the one thing that's not changing. See, many people face situations in life where everything around them is turning upside down. Everything is going awry. But if you can learn to lock in to the constant, the one thing that's not changing. I'm not going to look at everything that's spinning around. I'm going to look right here. I'm going to stand flat-footed on this book and I'm going to demand a change. Or I'll just be a Christian that goes to church but gets beat up all day 
and just hopes things get better. Now, whose choice is that? That's, that's not God's choice. That's your choice. Amen. You know, God loves you and he'll say, oh, that's OK. You know, I mean, you're going to go to heaven. But you're you're going to have to be the one that says, well, I'm, I'm going to live a good life on earth. Thank you, God, for heaven. But I'm, I'm about to prosper right here. Why? Because I want to be a good witness. I, I want some people to be excited about Jesus and not just think church is just what people do. People go to church, but they have no victory in their lives. That's not the, the gospel that we preach. And that's not what Jesus taught. Amen. And so um, go to Isaiah, Isaiah 40. So we got to learn to lock into the constant that never changes. Isaiah 40, the grass withereth, the flower fadeth, but what does it say? But the word of our God shall stand how long? How many of you guys ever had, um, let's say, I don't know, a cold or some type of something? You know what I mean? Uh, and it's okay to admit that you had that. You know what I mean? You had a cold or something and you just didn't feel great. You know, anybody here? You say, man. And, uh, you know, we say, man, I'm experiencing the healing. But, you know, it was a struggle. You was just trying to get through that thing, man. But then all of a sudden it, it passed. Yep. All of a sudden it, it lifted, right? But, you know, while you were going, when the thing first came on you and all the time you were going through it, the word never changed. The word was in place and never changed. How many of y'all been through a rough financial situation where you thought, man, this is, this is rough, man. This is like, oh man, I don't know where I'm going to get this from and that from. And this seems like everything is not lining up to benefit me. But then it passed. But you know, when you went through that situation, the word of God was the same the whole time. Now, what if we started to learn how to shorten our trials? Oh, come on, man. Is this a thing? Is this possible uh, where we can actually shorten our trials? I mean, oh, you can shorten. They may say it's going to take six days for you to get over that cold or flu or whatever. How I many know oh, you can shorten that thing? Now, what if you found out that, I, man, I can shorten this trial. I don't have to endure. See, too many people are enduring, but I believe that we end up enduring by default. You end up enduring by default because you didn't take option A. Option A was take the word. The Holy Ghost will get you on this word so much, he'll tell you some stuff. He'll tell you, take this seven times a day. But the average Christian, they don't, they don't hear that. They just see what's in front of them and they, they may pray for strength to deal with it, but they're not taking the actual guidance of the Lord, the Holy Spirit, as to how you can shorten that thing and get out of it. Anything we face, it has no power against the word. Go to Psalm 119.89 now. Psalm 119.89. So it says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled. His word is not trying to be established. This thing is done. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. And so if it's settled, it's, it's you know, if they are uh, laying a foundation and, and they don't want you to do nothing, right? When they, when they put that slab out there, they, then it has to settle, 
right? That's to settle. And there may be some shifts and there may be some, the earth may do some, but they want it to settle before they start to actually build on it. Well, sometimes people are trying to build their lives without allowing the foundation to settle. You have to be convinced that this is what it says. Now, so much to where the average person would almost think you're crazy. Because you will say, well, this is what it says. And they'll say, I know that's what it says, but um, you don't have no money. No, but what it says here is that my God owns the cattle of a thousand hills. All the silver, all the gold belongs to him. What it says here is that the young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Yeah, I know that's what it says, but you still don't have any money. And see, people fold. But when something is constant, constant means not changing or varying, not changing or varying, continuing without pause. So no matter, and, and that's why we have to teach on faith because faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, but people got to understand you got to live by faith and faith, if you really get into faith, the world is going to think you're crazy. And you're going to have a lot of people who don't agree with you. Amen. We'll speak bold things. We'll speak, you know, like I spoke, we're getting this building. We're doing, didn't even know where the building was, but all this type of stuff. We speak in the, in the midst of, we speak, we're global, worldwide ministry. We speak all these type of things. The enemy says, how are you going to do that? You don't even have enough people. See, he don't know. I've already been fully persuaded by the word. I'm, I'm not moving by what I see. I'm moving by what the word says. And because what I see is subject to change. This is always the danger, man. People pay too much attention to stuff that is changing. Instead of looking, you know, if you read the Bible today and you go back and read it tomorrow, everything is still going to be the same. But you know what? Your body may feel different tomorrow than it felt today. Your financial situation may be different tomorrow than it is today. But if you put all your attention, see a lot of people, they get bogged down with what they're going through. Oh man, this job is terrible. Man, it's just a job. And it's not forever. But if I say, what I'm, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, I know we're emotional people. I'm always saying stay out of your, your emotions and never make emotional decisions. But I understand you're not a robot. But what you ought to decide is I'm going to develop. I'm going to let my emotions be impacted by the word. That's what I'm going to do. If, if, if I'm going to get excited, I'm going to get excited because it's in the book. I might be reading and God may take me into something and I might get emotional while it's because it's in the book. I'm going to let the book dictate my emotions. I'm going to let the truth dictate my emotions instead of all these lies that are in the world. All this stuff because it's better for you to build it on stuff that's going to be the same instead of things are changing so fast you can't keep up. Amen. Even even in yourself, you know, the God's grace is so sufficient but even sometimes you feel like giving up 
then God comes through with a breakthrough. Well, what about the pity party? You already sent out all the invitations. You sent out all the invitations for the pity party. You got all the people online. Everybody knows about your problem. And now God just changed it. You just woke up one day and it's gone. So now you got to get rid of all those party plants. But if you just build it on a book, this ain't, I'm telling you, man, church, this word is not going to change. And, and my mission is to push you to the word so much that you take it and you apply it to every area of your life. There's a scripture for everything you face. Go to Psalm 119, 160. Thy word is true from the beginning. See that? So that means it's already true. It's not trying to work its way around to being true. It's already true. Thy word is true from the beginning. Every one of thy righteous judgments endures forever. And so it's true from the beginning and it's the solid truth. And what we have to do, if, if I know that I'm going to face some things in this life, right? I know that the enemy is as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour, right? So we know he's going out there and he's looking. Well, if I know that, then I need to gird up. I need to prepare myself to win, not prepare myself to survive. Let me just spend a moment on that. Preparing yourself to survive is nothing more than bracing yourself for the attack. And so you brace yourself enough. That's like, okay, we know a tornado was coming. And so all they have in the Midwest, they have people going in in the basements. And so we got to run out there. And you can remember those old movies. And they're running out and the wind's everywhere. And they're trying to open up those outside doors to get in the basement. So that they can survive. But when I become fully persuaded on the word, then I start to understand that, wait, I don't want to just survive I'm going to thrive. And so now I'm going to exercise some spiritual power and I'm deciding that I'm going to, you know what? I could tell the storm, not today. Hmm? Do you know you can tell your body that? Your body can wake up and, and you can be feeling pain everywhere. And if everything's going wrong, you can tell your body, you can go get in the mirror and say, not today. Ain't nobody got time for this. You're going to have to get it together. Y'all in here looking at me. And what if you do it and it works? Now all of a sudden that may become a new truth to you. Amen. You'll see this. This will happen more times than not. Because the word. See you just got to. You got to know what the word says. The word says by stripes I'm healed. You know what the word says. uh, Isaiah 58 8. My health shall spring forth speedily. I mean these are promises right. Psalm 105.3 says, he satisfies my mouth with good things so that my youth is renewed like the eagles. So I can expect things to be getting better in my body. Yeah, pastor, but it, ah, it don't seem like a, see, because you're looking at the wrong thing. You got to focus on the constant. What does the book say? What does the word say? Not what's changing. What's changing all the time is creating a distraction. And it's keeping you from pressing into the level of victory that God has for you. But if you say, I'm going to focus on the truth, I'm going to stay locked in on the truth. Now go to Hebrews 6 now, Hebrews 6. 
I like the way they put it in the message, but it's really uh, talking about the promises of God and how God, we already know God can't lie, but if I start to really grab a hold of this, I could start to meditate on some things like, man, Lord, you, you couldn't even change your mind on none of this stuff. It's just going to happen the way you said. And so he says, when God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it uh, to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. And so when I encourage you to put God into your situations and if people say, well, how do you know that's going to change? Because God said so. Well, what if it doesn't change? There's no what if because God said so. Now, what if you become one that's so convinced is I'm putting that on God? When God made his promise to Abraham, he backed it to the hilt, putting his own reputation on the line. He said, I promise that I'll bless you with everything I have. Bless and bless and bless. I like to amplify it on this. I mean, the message on this. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that he had been that had been promised to him. Stop right there. So it says Abraham stuck it out. So sometimes you find out about a promise of God. But you found it out last night and it didn't happen in the morning. Come on. And you you were just reading the promise last night and then in the morning there's a new challenge. Well, you got to do like Abraham. You got to stick it out. And so Abraham staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. And so he kept believing. Well, if he kept believing, what did he get? He got what God had promised. Abraham stuck it out and got everything that had been promised to him. Next verse. When people make promises, they guarantee them by uh, appeal to some authority above them so that if there's any questions, they'll make good on the promise. The authority will back them up. So what does that mean? It's like people make promises to pay stuff, right? So what do they do? They have you sign something. It used to be like a handshake. A handshake was good. Not today. Amen. You, you, you want to buy the car or something like that? You say, okay, I'm going to make the payment. So sign here. Sign here. Let me, let me get your numbers. What, what numbers? I need Social Security. I need all your info. Why? Because your word is not enough. And so what people do is they back it by a higher authority. So someone says, I'm going to agree. I, I would like for you to give me this car. I'm, I'm agreeing. And guess what? Here's my credit history that backs me. And I'm going, I'm willing to sign. Y- y'all in here with me? That's how people get, oh, they're going to qualify for a house. I want to buy this house. Oh, that's great. We, yeah, no, I, I'm a good person and I give you my word. Oh, thank you for your word. But here, can you go in here to the credit department and they need to run some stuff and they need to check some stuff on you. Why? Because they need a higher authority to back your word. Well, God has no one above him. And so God backs his own word. There is no higher authority. And so we'll use other things to make sure that we're going to, you know, make good on our promise. Next verse. When God wanted to guarantee his promises, he gave his word. See? Now, how many of you like people that do what they say? 
How many of you don't like people? Oh, you, you say, Pastor, we love everyone. We're in church. No, you know you don't like people who don't come through with what they said. For me, I'm the type of person, don't say it if you're not going to do it. Because I will never say something that I'm not going to do. So now, there are people that have a habit of making promises that they can't keep. And they make promises with an exit clause. Well, that's not the way covenant people are supposed to be. Covenant people don't back out on stuff. If we said it, we meant it. We gave our word. Amen. And so if we said we're going to show up to do something, we're going there, we there because that's the word. Well, we're supposed to do this because that's the way our God is. But you know why people are inconsistent? Because they have not gotten to the place where they take the word as the final authority. And when the word is the final authority, then I start to understand I'm going to have to be like God. And so I think some of those things need to come back like the old school. You know, they used to say your word is your bond. You know, that used to be like a, a sign of uh, even manhood. We learn, you know, if you're going to be a man, you give a handshake and you come through on your part. Don't don't renege. People, man, people reneging today before before 12 noon. You know what I mean? But that's not the way God is. And so when God wanted to guarantee his promise, he gave his word a rock solid guarantee. How many of you right now want to get to that place in your life where you say, no, my word's a rock solid guarantee. Now, what I've learned in my life is I've learned to not say things I don't mean. So a lot of times I'll be quiet. But when I start talking, I'm meaning everything I say, even if what I say may come off a little harsh, but I mean what I say. Now, there are people today who say stuff and apologize later. That's an untrained person because you're saying stuff you don't mean. But the way God works, he never says anything he doesn't mean. Amen. Now, you want to be in that place where you're like, okay, that's what I do. I'm going to put into practice, Lord, help me to only say what I mean. And this would be a good exercise, good development. So a lot of times you'll be quiet. Now, sometimes people that talk too quick, they end up speaking things that they didn't mean that, but their emotions kind of directed their words. When we are people that are really acting like God, then we're intentional about everything we do. There's no happenstance, accidents, uh, all that type of stuff. Well, what if I get mad at somebody? See, God don't get mad. (laughs) And God will help you, right? He'll help you to where you're like, God will show you how to step back. Because if you listen to the Holy Ghost, he'll tell you, step back. And then he'll, he'll do something like this. Don't say that. And you haven't even said it yet. But you thought it. 
And the Holy Ghost said, don't say that. Now, if you learn to listen to them, you're going to get yourself out of a lot of bad situations before they ever happen. Amen. That's just some extra stuff there. But now look at this. He says, God can't break his word. So how does God guarantee it? He guarantees it with the greatest guarantee ever known to mankind, his word. God can't break his word. And because his word cannot change, the promise is likewise unchangeable. And so think about that. His word cannot change. So God can't break his word and his word can't change. See, this is the constant. This is what I should be building my life on. If I'm in a storm of life and everything's going haywire, I need to find the constant. Where is the stability? Where is the stability in this situation? The stability is the word. And if you ask God to show you and direct you, you're always going to find the constant. You're always going to find the word. And then if you could lock in, then guess what? You won't be all torn up as the storm is coming. You'll be grounded. And then next thing you know, you'll be able to bring a change into your own situation because you're going to bring the word into the storm. Amen. You're going to bring the word of God into the storm. And so the word is trustworthy. And we saw Jesus in that example. It's not that he, well, I don't know. I, Jesus was in, in uh, you know, human form at that time. So we could say he could have felt the storm. I don't know. I mean, he was asleep, though. So that's kind of hard. <laughs> but there are times where you may feel adversity. But it doesn't mean it has to stay that way. Y- y'all in here with me. And, and so you, you don't have to feel guilty like, man, I felt that. I felt this or that. No, it's what do you do about it? I mean, no, you could feel anger coming upon you. Y'all in here. Even as a Christian, come on, man. You could feel that anger. You feel that? Come on. Anybody in here, man, you feel that? It's like, you know it's coming. And you feel that thing. And you start getting, you know, they say a, l- a little hot around the collar. You know what I mean? I know how I am. I, my ears will be getting hot. You know, my throat. No, if, I, I've been delivered from the throat stuff because when the throat started hurting, that was too late. That's repentance time. <laughs> but you feel it. So if you feel it, what are you going to do about it? I'm, I'm feeling agitated, man. I'm feeling. I know y'all been in some situations where stuff got chaotic and it's like, man, it just seems like, man, this thing, I got too much going on. It's just whatever. Well, what are you going to do about it? Are you going to let it come on you like a tsunami? And then later on, oh Lord, you know, the good Christian. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord. I just. But what if you learn to do something beforehand? What if you learn to say, not today? I got the peace of God flowing in me like a river. Why? Because God tells me in his word that be careful for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication, 
Let your request be made known unto God and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will comfort your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. Isn't that the word? But what, what am I going to do? Am I going to go to the word or I'm going to go to the emotions and then try to swim my way back? You know, sometimes those emotional waters can be too deep. And if people are not careful, they get to swimming in those emotional waters and they think I'm going to be able to swim back. But then they wake up and realize, oh, this was deeper than I thought. Now you have some damages. And so you have to be careful because the enemy is trying to take you as far as he could take you. He wants to get you out of the will of God. He wants to get you away from the promises, the blessings. He wants to get you out of faith. He wants to get you in fear. He wants to get you irritated, agitated, frustrated, all this type of stuff. But if you can focus on the constant, which is the word of God, then you can see things change in your life. And then you have to be one that says, Nothing can stand up against the word. How many know the word can put you in check? You guys ever done that? You ever been feeling a certain way and then you got got in the word and God said, read that out loud. You didn't feel like it and you was like, uh, and you mess around and read that out loud and all of a sudden that thing changed you. But you never changed it. It's going to keep working. We got to be those people that put enough, uh, you know, we prioritize the word in such a way. We hold it in such high esteem that we're willing to do these things. Um, go to Luke, Luke one thirty seven. Luke one thirty seven. So the word of God here says for nothing um, is impossible. Let me see. Maybe I got the wrong one, but. I know I said for nothing is impossible with God, but I think uh, one of them says something about God's word. Which one was that? Let's see. Huh? Amplify? Okay, maybe it's the Amplify of this one. But I know one of them says the word of God will never fail. For nothing is ever impossible and no word from God will be without power or fulfillment. But I, I know I've read in my studies, I don't know which one it was, but... What it's really telling us is that the word of God will never fail. And so if I can understand that within myself, then no matter what, the word of God will never fail. And so I can put the word up against anything. Let me find that. I want to find which one I supposed to. Oh, there it is. Okay. Oh, it's NIV. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so for no word from God will ever fail. So if God said it, oh, you're going to be fine. You can, you can go ahead and believe in that because it's not going to fail. It cannot fail. It's not possible for it to fail. Not today and not ever. Amen? Not ever. No word from God will ever fail. Amen? Praise the Lord. And so we must see the word of God as the final authority. And so, like, we could all have different opinions, right? I mean, you guys got different opinions. How many, does everybody in here like the same food? Does anybody, you, do y'all know you never asked? What if, did y'all have a food discussion before church? You don't know, y'all might all like the same stuff. But 
most of the time we have some differences. Some of us will say, no, I like this. And then we could say something is the best, right? Have you ever said that? No, no, this is the best. This right here is the best. But that's debatable. Because the best to you might not be the best to someone else. And so there's a lot of different opinions. But one thing that we must do is we must see the word of God as the final authority. So what does that mean? We might have some different views on a lot of stuff, but when it comes to the word, we settled in. Well, you know, unfortunately, there are differences in religion. And and that's a lot of the mix up today. People see the word through different eyes. And so the word we might be reading and we're saying that we can have victory, but somebody else says, oh, no, you know, we don't. We don't have, I mean, healing is not for today. Well, there's so many different interpretations of the word. But what you must do is settle it within yourself and say the word of God is the final authority. And I'm going to place the word of God above anything I will ever encounter. Now, I'm talking about before you encounter it. So if, what if you settle it within yourself and say, the word is the final authority and I'm settling that right now. And so I'm going to settle that before I face anything. See, people, sometimes they get themselves in trouble because they try to get to the word after they start struggling. But you got to get into the word as a practice. Amen. You got to get into the word as a practice. You have to train, you know, just like uh Football players, they don't start trying to get in shape the week of their first game. They spend a whole season of summer. and Matter of fact, they're starting already. My son, they've already started training. It's like, wait, what? You guys are already training. Like in January, they're already training. Well, it's preparation. Well, we have to be in the Word so much that We're all just preparing. And now if I prepare myself enough, then I'll see the word as the final authority. It'll be above everything. Then any situation that I encounter, the first thing that I'll go to. Come on, y'all. What's your first go to? See, it's got to be the word. Now you could pray, of course, and then God will direct you to the word. But you got to see that as I need some answers. Let me let me get. Let me get in here. Let me get. No, don't don't get on Google or, you know, sometimes people get on Google and say, oh, man, I got this symptom. Let me get on Google. You better be careful with that. Because Google will get you depressed. You start talking about you got some symptoms and get on Google and you'll be like, oh, no. Oh, Lord, save me. <laughs> Just because you feel something doesn't mean it has to turn into something like that. You know what I mean? It, it could just be something that tried to get on you, but you can back it down with the word. But you must see the word of God. We must see the word of God as the final authority. It must be placed above anything we encounter. Now, go to Hebrews, Hebrews 4. Praise God. Hebrews 4, and so it says, Hebrews 4, 12, for the word of God is quick and powerful. 
So what does that mean? This is what it says, quick and powerful. So it's going to work. So you guys believe like you could get a scripture and put it on something and it'll work? Now, if you believe in it, if you believe it like that, you could say, okay, no matter what's trying to come at me, there's a scripture for it. I'm going to get the book, I'm going to put it on, and then I'm going to expect change. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And so it's going to cut going and coming. But you got to be one that's willing to stick with it. You got to be one that's saying, okay, I believe it. Now, our, you know, it's Wednesday night, we're out here, obviously we're trying to get better, but it's a, sometimes a challenge to take the word and make it applicable to modern day life. Amen? Sometimes you, you might read something and you know that's what it says, but then now you have trouble taking that from the pages of the Bible and then putting it into your current life. Well, you got to see it as quick and powerful. And that's why we say our confession, this is my Bible, it's God's word to me. And so you got to be able to take it and I'm going to apply the word. So now whatever I have going on, I got to get the Bible and I got to put the word on that situation. But I got to first believe that it's quick and powerful, that it's sharp, that it's going to work. If people don't believe in the power of the word, they're not going to go to it and they're not going to apply it. Amen. But if you believe in the power of the word, then you're going to get it. And then what you want to do is you want to take it in and put it out. Amen. Take it in and put it out. So the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword. So what I want to do is take the word in. I'm going to read it. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. But then I want to put it out. For by thy words thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. And so, how many know you can set the type of day you're going to have? Huh? I like to speak into the morning. That's what I call it. I speak into the morning. I like to go in my office and open up my blinds and look out. And I start speaking into the morning, decreeing and declaring. Let me know you can do that. You don't have to do that. But if you want to advance, come on, Job twenty two twenty eight. thou shalt decree a thing and it shall be established unto thee and the light shall shine upon thy ways. Ecclesiastes 8, 4, where the word of a king is, there is power. Well, what if you look out your window or you get to where you could see some and you start speaking into the morning? Pastor, I didn't have any time. Well, you did you drive? Well, I'll tell you what, you can get in your car and speak into the morning while you're driving. I, I believe in this, man. I'm, I'm telling you. And, and here's the thing. Um, and we're going to close in a minute, but here's the thing that we got to understand. A lot of stuff will never change until a word is spoken. We would have never got a new building if I didn't speak it. Really? Yes. 
we would have still been at that same place with that gray backboard. Remember that gray? <laughs> that gray, you know, that was a, that building was good to us. I'm not, I'm not going to complain, but I like this one better. See, I like this one better. But my point is, nothing would have changed if no word was spoken. And so that's the way it works in your life. You, you're not going to get no more money until you speak a word on it. Oh, come on, somebody. Uh, your, your, your status ain't going to change until you put a word on it. Where the word of a king is, there is power. But now this word that I speak, it's got to be with confidence. And I got to back it with truth. So I can't just speak through optimism. I've got to speak through truth. So I've been one that's always said, don't just confess good things because anybody can do that. That's uh, uh, what they call affirmations and things. Anybody can do that. Don't just confess good things. Confess the word. Because good confessions and I'm going to have a nice day. I'm going to have a great day today at work. I know it. I just feel it. I just feel it. I'm going to have uh, an awesome day. I am. I am very likable. I'm, I'm nice. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm handsome. I'm this. I'm that. And the devil's like, no, you're not. No, you're not. You didn't even get that much sleep last night. Look at that attitude. Look at your face. Did you even wash your face today? That's what the, now it, all this positive stuff would work if you didn't have an adversary, but you got somebody who's trying to steal, kill and destroy and you can't back him down because your positive affirmations are not quick and powerful. They're not sharper than any two edged sword, only the word. And so you got to speak it, but you got to back it with truth. I'm going to have a great day today because I'm blessed and highly favored. For the Lord surrounds the righteous with favor as with a shield. Amen. I'm about to walk up in here, man, and good things are coming to me. You see what I mean? Because the blessing of the Lord, come on, it maketh rich and he adds no sorrow with it. You need to decree and establish some things like that. And so... In closing this message, I want you to understand that you can release the power of the word into every situation you face. Now, here's the thing, because I have to emphasize challenges do come. If the devil ain't challenging you in no area, you must be in heaven or you're not doing nothing for God. Amen. But if you have decided to follow Jesus, you're going to be challenged. But the thing about it is you can win and you got everything you need to win. And so here's the thing. Don't abandon what you know. Don't abandon what you know. Sometimes people know some things, but then they get hit with a trial and they abandon it. That's just like a person has been driving For 35 years, but then they get hit with a traffic jam and they forget how to put on the brakes. They forget everything about driving. Amen. A lot of times, even when an accident happens, the people that make it out good 
a lot of the stuff they do is instinctive. They don't even tell themselves, put on the brakes, turn to the left. They just instinctively know how to navigate through it because they've been doing it so long, they formed habits. We need to be in the word like that where we've been in it so long that we have formed habits. So when something tries to come at us, we don't get overcome. We come out victorious because we've decided to focus on the constant, the one thing that is not changing. Y'all believe it, amen? Come on, you believe it enough to be victorious, amen, in every day of your life? Praise God. Let's close in prayer. Father, we just thank you in the name of Jesus for blessing us, blessing us to be here tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your word that went forth. We believe that your word is the final authority. There's nothing that can stand up to this book. And so we've decided to take our lives and make our lives bow to the power of this book. We praise you and honor you for who you are. And maybe you're watching us right now and you don't know Jesus as Lord. We want you to know that his arms are open and he is ready to receive you. But you must give your life away. Church, let's repeat this prayer so that anyone who hears this message will know how to receive Jesus as Lord. Repeat after me. Jesus, please forgive me for all of my sins. I commit my life into your hands. This day, I am saved. Do with me as you please. And fill me with the power of the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name, amen. Clap for the Lord. Amen. Praise God. Amen.